Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. We're going to talk about two sides to every story. Like in the video we just saw, with all that's going on, nonetheless. And I've entitled this message, And Yet, And Yet. Or as the New Testament says, but God, but God. Two sides to every story. Remember the name Habakkuk, as we go to Habakkuk chapter 3 today. His name means to embrace and to wrestle. To embrace and to wrestle. Two sides. With one side, he's embracing the goodness and the faithfulness of God, the God that never changes. And on the other side, he's wrestling with his present reality. Habakkuk was a minor prophet, not a major prophet. You see, the major prophets got the word from God and spoke to the people, like Isaiah. The minor prophets got the words from the people and then spoke to God like a representative or a middleman. So he's in the minor leagues, not in the major leagues. It's 600 years before Jesus Christ would come to this earth. And right now, as we saw in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, he's wondering why God isn't fair. And like we saw in chapter 2 of Habakkuk, he's waiting on God, wondering why God doesn't do things in his timing. Have you ever been there? God, I've got my watch out. Come on. Come on. God. God, now? (laughs) And God does things, as you know, in his own timing. Habakkuk is confused. He's more confused than ever. But in chapter 2, verse 3, he says, though it linger, the plan, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. It will certainly come and it will not delay. The Living Bible says it this way, but these things I plan won't happen right away. Anybody want to say, yeah, I get it? Slowly, steadily, and surely. Let me say those words again. Slowly, steadily, and surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. And who likes to hear these words? Not me. Well, I'm going to share them. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. You see, when it's not God's time, you can't force it. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. Chapter 1 is about wondering. Chapter 2 is about waiting. But in chapter 3... The tone changes, and right before chapter 3, Habakkuk 2.20, here's what he says. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. You see, Habakkuk comes to this place in his life where he says, I'm not in control. It is God who is in his holy temple. It is God who is in charge. It is God who is faithful who was in the beginning, and he is now, and he'll always be. And yet, or but God. Let me just quote a few scriptures for you. Genesis 8.1 says, but God remembered Noah. Genesis 50 verse 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it 
for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In Psalms 49, 15, but God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely, he will surely take me to himself. In Psalm 86, 15, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And many of us know Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And then these two big words, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. But God, and yet, we embrace God and we wrestle. Paul the Apostle says we, we wrestle with our sin nature. We wrestle with the things that we have done before God that we know are offensive to God. And then we come to embrace the truth that says, but God, who's rich in mercy, but God, who's just and able to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Habakkuk really rolls into chapter 3. In verse 2, he says, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember your mercy. In wrath, remember your mercy. In our wrath is our wrestling. But we embrace God, the God of mercy. There's two sides to the story. Here's what he says. The first thing is, remember God's work. And he says, do it again, Lord. Do it again. I've said many times over the last few weeks, it's good for us to write down the faithfulness of God, the things that God has done for us. When we prayed, God responded. When we asked for God's forgiveness and He responded. When we confessed with our lips and believed in our heart Jesus Christ as Savior and that God raised Him from the dead, we became recipients of salvation. Or when it was really, really dark, God became our light in the darkness, our way maker. It's good for us to write down the things that God has done for us. Habakkuk 3.3 he said, God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. Now, when you read that He uh, came from Timon or that He was at Mount Paran, you might say, oh, that's great. Some historical statements about some mountaintops. But actually what these are, are the first stopping places of Israel after God delivers them from Egyptian captivity. Habakkuk's going back and he's rehearsing this God that he's now embracing and he's saying, God, I want you to do for us what you did for the children of Israel, for our ancestors. How you delivered them, how you opened the Red Sea for them and they walked through on dry ground. How you destroyed their enemies. Habakkuk 3, 4, 5, and 6 says his splendor was like the sunrise. He's referring to this time of deliverance. 
He says, raise flasks from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. And he stood and he shook the earth. And with just his gaze, he looked and he made the nations tremble. What did God do? Can I ask you a question today? What has God done for you? Where has he been faithful? Where has he provided? Where has he opened doors in the past? And would that give us any indicator that maybe he won't do it in the future? Or rather, like with the back, it should bolster our faith and say, God, if you could do that then, you can do it now. You're the God that never changes. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you read uh, verses 7 through 15 of Habakkuk 3, you will see him talking about the justice of God and the faithfulness of God. So do what you did, Lord. Do it again. And the second thing is we embrace God. You embrace God and you recognize that he's here now. If we allow the present situation and circumstances to somehow erase or negate the presence of God, we miss it. Nothing is greater than him. And nothing can stop his presence. We sang it today. Even when I don't recognize it or understand it, you are working. And God is still at work. I have a pastor friend in L.A. who's seeing just monumental things happen in the Lord as his church, like our church, is being very missional these days. And he just has a simple phrase. He said, God is on the move, and we're watching him move. We've been able as a church to help some people in our community that are in need. And thank you for your giving and your generosity and your resources that we're using to touch not only here, but around the world. And as a church, we just sent a sizable donation to the Philippines. Many of you may remember that we're a part of the ministry through Tommy Walker and his ministry to the Breakthrough Church, the Breakthrough School, the Breakthrough Orphanage just outside of Manila in the Philippines. And so this sizable gift is going to be able to provide food and clothing. I know many of us have been hit hard uh, economically, and some of us are, are, have diminished pantries these days. But just think about some of the countries where the poorest of the poor live. And so part of your generous donations have gone to make a difference in other people in other parts of the world and our missionary support and on and on and on because God is still on the move. Now Habakkuk 3, 16 to 18, as he's reminiscing of the faithfulness of God and what God did for Israel, he says, I, I heard and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. He's thinking now about a different plan. See, God's going to use the enemy, the Babylonians, to rise up and have conquest over Israel. It's a little different than uh, Mount Timon or Mount Paran, a little different than a deliverance. Some things are not going to go well in the future. But notice what he says, and here it is. Yet... Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. And though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, here's that word again, yet 
I will rejoice in the Lord. The other side of the coin, the other side of the story, and I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Wow. I mean, God just told Habakkuk that he's going to raise up the Babylonians to destroy the people that Habakkuk loves so much. I want to say yikes and double yikes. This is horrible. And by the way, this is not a prophetic statement about where we're headed as a country. But this is where Habakkuk was headed. No fig trees with figs. No buds referring to the future. No grapes on the vines. Hey, no raisins. No vino. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen. No sheep in the pen means no lambs tomorrow. No cattle in the stalls. No meat, no milk. You might say this is is a horrible thing coming his way. But here's what he says. Even though all these natural indicators tell me it's not looking good, Habakkuk says, yet I will praise the Lord. Hey, what do you do when things don't go your way? I talked to a mom who said to me, you know what? I have a new appreciation for homeschool parents. I don't like this at all. And when it's over, I'm sending my kids back to school as quickly as possible. One mom said, my child will be the first one on the campus that morning. (laughs) And then I've talked to some teachers, some wonderful teachers. They said, we didn't sign up for this. We wanted to actually teach kids in the classroom. And though we are thankful for our school district and the great work that they've done and the great leadership, the teachers who signed up did not sign up for Zoom classroom. One teacher said to me, I just just miss seeing the kids in the morning. And I'm going to be really, I'm not going to divulge too much here, but this one teacher said, I love smelling them when they come in the room after PE time. I mean, who wants to smell that? But she's missing her kids who are being active and are learning right in front of her face. And though she's done a marvelous job, and I think about our principals, with the school year started and they were out greeting all their students. They did not think the class of 2020 would be going through what they're going through. And they've honored the students. They've had signs and they've had banners up Uh, down on H Street, and all of that's great. But if you remember your graduation, like I remember mine, it's different this year. Habakkuk saying, things are not right, and yet I will praise the Lord. Hey, parents, just a quick word to you. I know you're doing a fabulous job out there, but just remember this. Your kids need to know, too, that things don't always go as It was a while back I saw a wonderful movie. It really moved my heart. It was Tom Hanks' depiction of Mr. Fred Rogers and a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hey, why don't you take a look at this clip? Things don't always go as planned. Take a look. Well, Habakkuk understands that. Even when I have plans, they don't always go the way I thought. You know, he stops and he tells us that he's going to praise God no matter what. It's almost as if, and I'm not trying to be tried, it's almost as if Habakkuk's trying to set up his tent 
and things aren't going the way he planned. Others around him say, why don't you redo it? Why don't you retake that, Mr. Rogers? No. No. We all need to learn. And I know God's teaching us through this season of learning that everything doesn't go as we plan or as we wish or at the snap of our fingers. I love what Charles Swindoll says. He says, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And Habakkuk is telling us in chapter 3, yet I don't see the figs and I don't see the sheep and I don't see the cattle and I don't see the crops in the field and there are no olives. Yet, my attitude will be, I will praise the Lord. If you studied this in the Hebrew text, you would find out that it's a song that is filled with full-hearted singing, full body, full soul, lots of gusto. The way that it's written is that everything within me would be into this song. I am going to praise the Lord. See, even if God doesn't change the circumstances, He provides the faith and oftentimes the courage to change your perspective. And so he says it, Habakkuk 3.18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I choose, I will, I tell my will to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And I know even though I can't see you, I know some of you right now are kind of like saying, yeah, right, Pastor B. I mean, it's rough. It's hard for me to rejoice. But this is the time to press in and rejoice like never before. Hey, when was the last time you took a walk outside, got some good vitamin D, some fresh air, and just raised your voice and praised God, thanked Him for being your God? Thank him that he was hearing you. When was the last time you stepped away from Fox and CNN and, and Lompoc Record and Newshawk and KSBY? I mean, nothing wrong with those outlets. I'm not against them. But, but where you just pressed away from all the thoughts and the theories and the conspiracies and, and it goes on and on and just said, God, I just want to praise you because there's one thing solid and sure. It's you. You're the Lord that never changes. Habakkuk acted in faith during his dark and difficult time. No matter what I see, yet I will praise the Lord. And he culminates this in Habakkuk 3.19 where he says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. Habakkuk says, He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. What? Yeah, God's going to take me higher in my relationship with Him. He's going to be more intimate with me. He's going to lift me out of where I am. Now, now you have to understand something. The Babylonians have not yet invaded Israel. And he looks out at all the things that he can see that he could somehow use as analytics or metrics, as it were. The sheep, the olives cattle, the figs. He said, everything looks bleak, but notice what he says here. But God's going to lift me up, and my feet will be 
like the feet of the deer, kicking my heels together, frolicking in my, my freedom. Could it be that God wants to take our spirits and our soul to a higher place than we are living right now? And could it be contingent upon our refusal to stay over here on the wrestling side and embrace the goodness of God? Could it, could it be that as you would yet praise Him, that God would do some things in your soul He would do no other way? Could that be for you and for me? I believe it is. Well, before we close out, there's two prayers I want to pray today. And the first prayer is for those of you who've never yet given your life over to Christ. In the midst of all of it, you can say, yep, I can sustain myself. I can, I can be a good person. I can, you know what? God never called you to a place of works, but rather a place of faith where you believe in Christ and you trust the finished work of Jesus. You, you kind of be like Habakkuk. And yet, Lord, yet, Lord, I will believe in you. No matter what I've seen or experienced. Maybe you've had a bad church experience in the past. Or, or maybe your grandfather was one of those religious Bible thumpers and you've had enough of that. But how about saying this, but yet I will give my life to Christ who gave his life for me, who died on a cross for me, that I could be forgiven and so I would like you to pray with me this morning, if you would. Hey, repeat these words after me. Dear God, dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, who died and rose again, He's come to give us new life. He's come to give us new life. And I receive that life. And I receive that life. Forgive my sins. Forgive my sins. And make me whole. And make me whole. I give you my life. I give you my life. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my king. Jesus, you're my king. And Jesus, you're my savior. And Jesus, you're my savior. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, if that's you today, or maybe in the last few weeks you've given your life to Christ, would you do me a deep favor? Would you text Decide Jesus, all one word, Decide Jesus to 555-888. We'll send you just a quick reply. And then don't worry, we're not going to bombard you with text messages. That's the last thing you need. But we'll reach out to you and ask you how we can help you, how we can not only celebrate with you, but we'd like to send you, totally free, a yes packet. There's a booklet, some information to get you started. And we would love to help you on your journey of faith as you begin your walk with Jesus. And then the rest of you, I would like to pray for you this morning. Don't tune me out. I'm almost done. But I'd like to pray for you. That you would be able to say, but God, and yet. That while you're wrestling, you'll be able to embrace the goodness of our God. You'll take time to 
not only cry out to him in prayer, but to worship him in praise. Yet I will praise the Lord. So sovereign Lord, you alone are our hope. You alone are our healer. You promised us the hope that we cannot find in the world. And while we wrestle, may we embrace your hope and your power and your faithfulness. Comfort these dear people today. Comfort with your peace. Bring your healing to us, God. And those who are dealing with deep sorrow right now, those who are sick, and those who are sick and tired, God, may you strengthen them right now. And not because of my faith alone, but because of your power, the power that caused Christ to die and rise again from the dead. Set us free, God. Set us free from the wrestling that we would embrace you. All that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you will do. So let's make our declaration together today. We didn't do it last week, and I received a bunch of messages. Hey, pastor, can we do it? So we're going to do it wherever you are. With the top of your voice, go ahead and declare this. Other family members may be wondering why you're so weird. Well, they need to hear this too. So let's just say it together. We are building our lives on the promises of God. Because his word is unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain of life. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. Let's say it again. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. Well, one more time. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.